Football is back, and Domino's Hawaii couldn't be more excited. Our community has been through a lot this year, and so to show our appreciation for all your efforts and sacrifice, we'd like to do our part in helping you enjoy the games by offering large specialty pizzas for $15.99 and our new buffalo wings for $5.99. Just log on to the Domino's Hawaii website or app, and remember, while you watch your favorite team, you can be assured that our team continues to make your health and safety a top priority. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, first show of the brand new year of 2021. It's already off to quite a doozy of a start. No canoa this week. Brian and Billy filling in once again, our good friends, Brian McInnes and Billy Hall. Brian McInnes of the Pacific Business News, Billy Hall of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. We usually like to warm things up with something light and fun, but uh, we're going to dive straight into the deep end here in our first episode of 2021. Yesterday, Wednesday, we record this on a Thursday evening, January 6th. Yesterday, well, uh, it's going to go down in infamy in one of the, in our country's history. A group of pro-Trump insurgents, domestic terrorists, however you want to frame it, uh, overtook the Capitol building yesterday in Washington D.C., halt, halting, I should say, a joint session of Congress. It was as surreal as it sounds. We know you don't stream our pod for political takes per se, but this this was bigger than sports. And the two guys helping us out as co-hosts today work in the news business and we're covering this in part because really there wasn't another news story yesterday that really uh really resonated uh billy brian first all fall uh happy new year i feel like ron burgundy with a little bit of a question mark after the happy uh but thanks for filling in guys can all be back real soon uh what was yesterday like i, I know billy you're running the star advertiser website brian you're covering all kinds of things for the pbn including money just any of it uh so this this all kind of falls into the categories but uh, what was yesterday like for you guys billy i'll let you go first because i think you were a little more involved at work oh, man. This. i was uh well yeah first of all i mean we've talked about it before but I, i've been in sports my whole life until this last year and so it just so happened that my my work shift started pretty much about the same time that it all started to happen and i think you know the the, the first thing that really kind of caught my attention was just it was stunning to me how easy it was for them to just get into the Capitol. You know, I was fortunate enough about three and a half years ago now where I went to DC as my one and only trip uh, to the East Coast and I got to walk through there. And I remember I was in New York. I'd always want to go to New York and I loved it. But when I got to DC, there was just something special about the way it felt. I, I can't really explain it, but it just felt like I was, you know, truly somewhere historical. And, you know, I remember walking through the Capitol and just being in awe. And I remember even seeing, you know, we walked by the vice president's, uh, a nameplate above his door in the vice president's office and speaker Pelosi's office. And it was just all so, um, um, I don't know what the word was. It was just kind of special and historic. And I felt like, you know, I was in, I was, you know, a part of this thing that was really cool to see. And so then to kind of three and a half years later, turn around and see uh, basically a group of uh, Americans, uh, protesters, writers, you know, you call them a lot of different things. We don't need to get into that necessarily, but um what they did just kind of desecrating a, a, such a meaningful and important place in our country um, and how easy it was for them to get in there. I mean, I could not believe how easy it was for them to just basically do this. And, and I got to admit, after it was all said and done, the thing that I've thought about the most, and, and it's really hard not to think this way, but after the year we had in 2020, the Black Lives Movement matter, the George Floyd protests, um, 
to see the way the cops reacted to that, to see the way that they were dressed up. You know, you remember they were at the Lincoln steps and they were in their riot gear and they were all ready to go. And, you know, anyone even got a little bit out of line, you know, how many times do we see guys just getting punched in the face? How many times do we see them being so aggressive to these people to basically see this um, with a bunch of white people going in there and to just kind of not see anything remotely close to that. You know, the, the, the striking thing for me is just the ultimate difference that there still is in this country between being, being African-American, being black and being white. That's, that's kind of what stayed with me all through the end of last night, all through today. And just to see how different these two movements were dealt with by, by the authority, that was um, really shocking to me. Uh, yeah, well said, man. And uh, first off, Billy, I think you told me 2021 was going to be a better year, man. Come on, <laughs> this, this is the start you had in store for me, but... Nah, no, like I said, that was, that was very well said. And, and, um, you know, I, I've been still working remote with my new job at PBN and just happened to, to turn on, I, I went to uh, the New York times website and I saw the tail end of the, the Senate proceedings, you know, the, the Joe Biden's confirmation proceedings that, but there was some commotion I could tell. I didn't even have the sound on. I was just starting my shift for PBN that morning. And, and you could really see some of the panic, people shuffling in and out, bringing people in from the hallways to then, uh, I believe, barricade them or at least take them out into a separate room to bar get barricaded or shelter in place. And it was surreal. I turned on the TV. And from there, it was it was just it remained. It was one of those days where it, it remained on like, you know, people toss out 9-11 comparisons all the time in terms of like just how just striking and, and just, you, you know, um, moving for all the wrong reasons it was that it felt like that to me just having the tv on and just seeing this uh awful historic moment just playing out in real time um it, i couldn't focus i couldn't focus on my job i was trying to do stories i had scheduled to write you know for pbn business stories and we do occasionally do national news type stories on pbn i, I believe we incorporated one or two uh, always usually with a business angle, but if the story's big enough, we'll just post it straight up. But I had to try to go about doing my day-to-day, -day, and it was just tough seeing every image on the screen as they kept rolling in. Guys, you know, uh, scaling the walls of, of the Capitol building, guys with their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Uh, as Billy said, just desecrating the place, carrying a podium off. That was one of the standing most striking... The I mean, the guy's standing, standing at the, the dais. you got to be kidding me. It was <laughs> just... Uh, you know, I've, I've read what some of our, our allies around the world have, have said of this. Some of my relatives living around the world have reached out to, to me and my immediate family here. How, you know, just struck they were. I, I, I'm honestly pretty speechless about it. Um, I, I hope we can move on in the next, you know, 10, 12 days to Joe Biden's inauguration as event free as possible after, after a day like that. Yeah, I, I thank you guys for for sort of sharing your perspective, right? I, I echo a lot of those same sentiments and just it's one of those days where I, I don't think I'll ever forget where I was when that all played out. And it, it is as ugly a day in our, our history as we've had in a long, long time um, in, in our country's history. And it's just uh, I'm with you, Billy, having had the opportunity as just like a tourist to be there to walk the halls of the Capitol and get the tour. Right. And and also go through all the security that they make you go through to get yeah. in there and then <laughs> to see how easily that happened yesterday. And, and, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways, it's amazing that there wasn't more loss of life uh, than what we saw yesterday. And, and obviously you don't want to see any of that violence. And there were a few, 
deaths and maybe we'll get more word of more as we go throughout this but it was just it was disturbing in all kinds of ways and and it was one of those things whether you're just taking it in as an individual as a citizen as a, a member of the media trying to cover that thing it's it was um again disturbing for for all the wrong reasons so yeah it's going to be a lot to swallow where we, we get this outlet of the the podcast to process this just a little bit and and then of course we make the uh, never easy transition back into sports so that's our warm-up for 2021 not just the first episode of the year everybody just the whole year that's uh that's how we're starting this thing so uh you know hopefully things get better bmac i know you were promised a better 2021 we're like a week in so there's hope there's hope uh that things could turn around a little bit but uh you know yesterday was uh, a bit of a pill to swallow to 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 carry the optimism going forward is going to be a little tough. It's going to be a little tough. So we'll, we'll hope on that. We'll, we'll sort of transition into the game time portion of this thing. No easy way to do so. We do have a, some topics to get into the closure of high school sports here, you know, for the greater part of the state. We do have Executive Director Chris Chun of the HHSA joining us during our main topping portion of the show as well. So we'll, uh, we'll get warmed up and we'll transition to the game time. All right, on to some other news, some more sports-specific news. This one, not the most upbeat as well, though. Lights turned out on the fall and winter sports for most of the state of Hawaii at the prep level. Last week, Friday, the HHSA, the Hawaii High School Athletics Association, announced that March state championships would be canceled. That's basically all of the winter sports and most of the fall sports that had already been postponed outside of girls' volleyball and football, basically all the other fall sports were lumped in to this, what you would typically see as the winter season. The ILH moved next, the private school league on Oahu canceling most of their winter sports, some of the fall sports, but not football and girls volleyball. That is of note as we proceed into the future. The OIA, then the BIIF, then the MIL, basically the public school league on Oahu, the Big Island, as well as here in Maui County, where I record this, all over the course of this past week, opted to cancel all fall and winter sports that includes football that includes girls volleyball as well as everything else that is typically played during the fall and winter portions of the academic calendar the mil has explicitly said that they are now prioritizing a spring season after those sports were wiped out at the end of last school year Uh, so you can see their direction going there a lot of emotions really throughout different communities around the state ranging from disappointment to outright upset and in some corners i think relief Um, But it was news, I think, that was not unexpected by most, yet when the official word came down for all of the different leagues, I think it still fell pretty heavy, especially on the kids that are now seeing a lot of their seasons canceled with no short sort of hope of of finding a way back in. Uh, Billy, Brian, you both have covered the prep beat uh, in in your different stops, and and Billy, you've done a lot of work with Hawaii Prep World as well. Uh, You and Brian, um, we'll, we'll start with you, Billy, uh, what, what was your reaction to kind of all of this unfolding over the last week where, you know, we, we kind of saw the writing on the wall and then this thing snowballed and, and now everybody's sort of dealing with the aftermath. Yeah, to be honest, I, I, my first thought was, were we just kind of waiting for the calendar to turn to kind of deliver the news? I mean, it's, you know, the beginning of January, you know, we got five months, you know, sports, the normal sports um, uh, in the spring, I believe what start up mid to late March or, you know, around that time. And, um, so I, I, I was a little surprised that they were so definitive about what they were going to do early on. And especially when you say um, that they're still maybe trying to look at, at playing uh, spring sports, because, you know, there's some sports um, that, that the boys play like boys volleyball 
Um, you know, they're going to say, though, they're going to try to get boys volleyball because it's technically a spring sport. Well, there's a whole bunch of girls that has girls volleyball in the fall. And are you going to tell them that they can't play, but the guys can play just because the, the, the things were different? You know, I would have thought maybe you look at something where you don't because you have to play the JV games and the white games and all that stuff. Maybe you only do varsity to give the girls a chance to play. Um, you know, some of these other sports, I, I, I think, um, are a little bit more safe than others. I know football is kind of the big one, and that's that's the one I think is a little bit tough to play. But um, certain sports like we could go bowling. I mean, that's a good one that I think you could do safely. Um, I, I, I kind of hope that I that there would have been a little bit more maybe thought in trying to actually get something done. Now, um, it's clear that they've said they're not doing it. It's done. We're not even going to try. But, you know. What if they just had one, one or two events? You know, what if they just gave these kids something, anything to go for that, that they could try to uh, put on safely? It doesn't have to be a season, doesn't have to be a league championship, but um, anything that could be done to give these kids just something to compete in once, you know, I think would have been kind of good. So I just haven't quite gotten the, 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 I don't really haven't gotten the full idea that everything's been tried. And I kind of maybe would have liked to have just, and then maybe I could be completely wrong, but I just kind of would have liked to know that 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 all of these things were tried and that at least the kids were really given a fair shot to maybe get something to play. You have to be safe. You have to be healthy. You have to obviously do this in a very safe manner. But I just kind of um, feel like I could, would have been given a little bit more assurance that, that, that really the kids, that everything was done in order to try to get as many kids possible a chance to be able to compete in something in some way. Billy, I got a solution for you, my friend. Yes, let's hear it. Esports all in. Yeah. Oh, you're right. The, the, there we the, go. Is that a spring first, sport, BMAC? Yeah. I believe it's listed as a spring sport. And uh, Billy knows that I actually, one of the last prep related stories I did for the Star Advertiser was an esports story. I went up to like uh, Lelihua High School and talked to their esports team, played a little Rocket League with them. Uh, I'm a, a bit of a Rocket League aficionado. And that is one of the, the more mainstream uh, esports games that are, you know, held and, and competed on at a very high level. There's like millions of dollars in prizes, but it's picking up as a trend. I just, to me, it makes too much sense. I mean, there's a lot of people I know in the camp of esports is not a real sport. And I'm sorry to those people for taking it on this tangent, but to me, it just makes too much sense right now to not bring it up. And who knows if we'll get to play these, these traditional spring sports. I mean, we saw them all get canceled last year. They were the first casualties, baseball, softball, boys, volleyball and a handful of others and i don't even think they did esports last year I, I could be maybe wrong about that but they were just getting that movement underway and if if you're looking for just anything any competition any team-based sport uh even if you consider it sport in parentheses to latch on to right now i don't know that that's my my three quarters not kidding suggestion you know like that that could be uh, something that they because the hsa was was you know, really trying to make it a thing. And maybe there were some pockets of resistance here and there and not everyone was on board, but they were in the process of making it a sanctioned state championship level sport. So um, other than that, all I can say is I'm not surprised, you know, football seems to be the going the way of getting canceled as Billy was referring to. It just logistically was going to be really tough. I know they held off and they haven't even announced it as canceled at the state level yet. Um, obviously some of the leagues have, but I don't know, Jordan, it, it was always going to be a tough, tough uh, proposition for me. And um, as Billy said, some of those other smaller non-contact sports, maybe there's still a possibility, but uh, it's just a striking account of we're almost at like the one year mark for this pandemic, these consequences. 
you know, I, I know how disappointed everyone was when those spring sports were canceled last year. And uh, unfortunately it's in the cards that it might happen again. So I, I just really feel for those kids. Yeah. That, that's the thing, right? At the end of the day, you, you feel worse for the kids than anything, just because, you know, I, I can't imagine having, you know, your entire senior year more or less wiped out just as a student, right? I mean, these kids haven't been on campus, at least at the public school level, you know, some of the private schools are, are, are back on campus. And then of course, if you're an athlete, right, which is a smaller percentage of the population, school population to have your senior seasons taken away. I, I, I can't imagine that. And, and actually we, we have an interview with Chris Chun coming up a little bit later here in the podcast, the HHSA executive director. And, and there's a couple of things that, that really stood out to me that we'll kind of tease a little bit here in, in just that, you know, the opportunity perhaps for teams to still conduct activities, uh, teams to, to maybe still go ahead and, and hold practices and things like that. That doesn't, this, this doesn't necessarily sham the door shut on that. What it does is effectively kind of eliminate the possibility for competition, inter-school competition, uh, inter-league competition, things of that nature. Um, and, and we get into a little bit more detail with Chris there. Um, I do think they did some esports last spring, if I'm not mistaken, BMAC. I got to go look okay. this up because I okay. think they might. I mean, it's something, right? And, and all of this is contingent on the fact that kids have to be back on campus. And here on Maui, the vast majority of the schools have pushed back their return to school from January to February 1st. And so once that happened, it was like, okay, anything that they're trying to play this month is not going to happen. And it, it's just so difficult, right? Because we're all, you know, especially in the sports business, everybody wants to be eternally optimistic and, and the powers that be, and the, the attorneys got to look at the worst case scenarios and what happens if somebody gets sick, what happens in worst case scenario there. And so I get that, but to Billy's point, I think Billy and something that we've seen in Chad Owens Jr., who's actually the son of Chad Owens, the former University of Hawaii legend, Canadian Football League MVP. He's already started a petition basically asking to try some of those things that you pointed out, just to, to, to maybe give it a shot. And I think that's maybe the most frustrating thing is they, they haven't enacted any sort of trial, if you will. And, and, you know, you can go either way with it, right? Is it worth even trying that? I don't know. They've decided that's not the case, but they, they, they're, nothing has been enacted in terms of giving it a shot, if you will. Yeah. And I would just say one, too. I mean, obviously, look, the, the news today wasn't good. I mean, we saw the cases spike up today big time. I think you guys are over 50 cases on Maui today, which I don't know yeah. if that's the most you guys have had. Um, By far, yeah, in a given day. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, today is kind of a huge blow to that. But just deciding this at the beginning of January when, you know, five months from now, you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen. And I would say odds are definitely against it that we're anywhere, you know, we're really anything's much different than it is right now. But I, you know, just basically taking it out of anyone's hands and saying you're done with it at the beginning of January, it seems like it was maybe a little bit early to make that call. But who knows? Yeah, it's going to be tough either way, no matter which way you slice it. Um, BMAC, so can we can we start the campaign for, for some of these esports? There was, uh, we had some League of Legends last spring, I believe, um, on the HHSAA side. Uh, and I believe they were going to try and give it a shot with the fall stuff this year. Um, but it was just a matter of getting kids on campus. And I think that was the big deal. Um, so yeah, I think some of the spring sports make sense, right? Golf, things of like that, tennis are, are sort of socially distanced in in nature uh and so do you do you, do you feel like it is if they can get the kids back on campus bmac that that there's a legitimate shot at least a better shot of playing some of those spring sports than than some of those earlier in the year absolutely 
I think they feel if I had to imagine that there is maybe somewhat of an obligation to try to get something in for these spring sports kids, given that they got nothing last year that, you know, March is when everything hit the fan and here we are a couple months away from getting to March again. So I, I think they'll do everything in their power to make it happen. Uh, I was fortunate enough to talk to Chris Chun also for, for PBN with a little bit of a business spin angle and some of the, you know, financial hardships they've had with loss of some title sponsors because of these state championship events going away that normally, you know, they sponsor and help keep the HHSAA afloat. So he, he indicated, you know, they're, they're going to try still no fans, you know, they're, they're going to try to go ahead with this, with this stuff and let, let those sponsors stay on if, if they wish, at least maybe there'll be some TV opportunities potentially, um, you know, people will know they're still supporting local sports. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's a downside to, to them trying to salvage something from, you know, what's been a debacle of a year, year and a half now. Yeah, and so the attention turns to the spring and we will see what unfolds over these next couple of months. All right, moving on, keeping it local here as well, University of Hawaii, a lot of news over the last couple of weeks, of course, on Christmas Eve, the University of Hawaii football team knocking off the other UH in the Hawaii Bowl. Impressive win against the University of Houston uh, to finish the season five and four. Another winning season, another bowl win for this University of Hawaii program, of course, this year, year one of the Todd Graham era. Some departures to transfer prior to the bowl game, just prior to the bowl game, and after the bowl game as well. But the big name returning Calvin Turner, they're all everything offensive and special teams weapon scored on a kick return that kind of sealed the deal in that win over the Cougars in the bowl game has announced that he is returning. And that was the big news coming out of that as well. Some postseason honors coming the way of Calvin Turner, Darius Muasau, and some others on that program. Also around campus in Manoa, both the men's and women's hoops teams had their big West opening two game sets against Cal Poly canceled because of COVID issues with the Mustang Mustangs, the men are on schedule to play at UC Riverside this Friday and Saturday in California. The women have canceled their home set against UCR due to a positive test in the Wahine program. The men's volleyball team is ranked second in the preseason national poll behind BYU, one of five Big West teams ranked in the top seven of the preseason poll. UH has not yet released a schedule for the 2021 season. And then just earlier today, as we record this on Thursday, the Hawaii Tourism Authority and the Big West Conference put out an announcement as part of a sponsorship agreement. HTA will be the presenting sponsor of the Big West men's volleyball tournament, as well as both the men's and women's basketball postseason tournaments for the next three years. Also, as part of that announcement, the University of Hawaii will host the Big West men's volleyball tournaments in 2021 and 2022. We saw how much of a massive success it was when they hosted in 2019. The 2023 tournament will be at UC Irvine. This year's Basketball tournaments, men's and women's, have been moved from California to Las Vegas. And uh, if you ask me, that should be a permanent move. If you're telling me Vegas or Anaheim, like there's there's no doubt about where they should be playing that postseason tournament, but that's neither here nor there. BMAC, we'll start with you. Uh, what of the UH news has sort of stood out to you here over the last couple of weeks? We know you used to be very much associated with that basketball program as the beat writer for the Star Advertiser during your days with the paper um, you know, they've kind of had a roller coaster here. They're one of only 11 unbeatens left in Division One college basketball, by the way, um, at 2-0 and with wins over UH Hilo and HBU. 
You stop that. You stop that right now, Jordan Hilly. I've seen that stat tossed out way too many times, and it was a joke and a farce the first time, and increasingly so every successive time. I will not stand for that. You cannot toss out two Division II wins. But no, all right. Uh, I I am most excited about men's basketball, both getting started in Big West play, knock on wood, at uh, Riverside's SCR Arena. Um this weekend, Friday and Saturday, early games, uh, you know, they're like three o'clock local time tip-offs. So it's a UCR team that's three and one. They won three straight away games. They beat UW in Vegas and they thumped Denver and I believe Northern Arizona, both by 20 plus points in true road games. And that was like a month ago. So I don't, you know, they were kind of trending very, very well, very strong as a top three, top four team in the big West, but we, it's just so much unknown. UH has not played for nearly as much time. As you said, Jordan, they've had a their opening series against Cal Poly canceled. Riverside also had a series or two canceled. So I think there's a definite opportunity for UH, the men, to, to pick up at least a split there just because maybe they can take advantage of a Riverside team under a new head coach, Mike, Mike Magpie, who's the first Filipino-American uh, D1 head coach in, in NCAA history. Um, we'll see what happens there. I think he's a good coach from, from what everything I've seen. And um, as for the conference tournament, man, that, that is exciting to, to be in Vegas. I remember those first couple of whack tournaments I got to cover doing it at the Orleans Arena in Vegas. You know, that's a little bit off the strip. Um, I think this one would be a little bit more on the strip. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, Billy can maybe uh, confirm that. But it, it's just an exciting place to be. And even if the arena isn't packed, you know, not like the Honda Center was ever packed for, for UH men's and women's events there, even as well as – UH fans showed up for that. They were vocal, but that was just such a huge cavernous arena. It was tough to have any kind of real sense of fan support on a consistent level there. So I'm not sad about it leaving the Honda Center. I don't think any fan should be sad about it. It's a major opportunity if and when they decide to go back to Vegas in the future or the HTA can convince the rest of the Big West to say, hey, we our name's on this thing now. You guys are coming out to Hawaii at some point for basketball. That would be pretty awesome. That, that would be, without a doubt. Um, you know, the Hawaii fans, I think, wouldn't mind going to Vegas for some of those tournaments, but it, it'd be a big get if they can get the tournament here to Manoa. And they've, they've seen what the volleyball tournament's capable of, and, and maybe that can convince them of, of basketball, which are their flagship tournaments for sure in the Big West Conference that doesn't sponsor football. BMAC, before we transition to Billy here, did you say UC Riverside beat UW, the Washington Huskies? <laughs> oh, Billy, I just to make that clear. He knew I was going to bring that up somehow, right? And and it wasn't even close. I think UW scored 42 points. I don't know what's going on with them this year. He could probably tell you more. Uh, COVID. <laughs> Doesn't that, count. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, that, uh, we're, just, we're just going to cancel the uh, the Huskies season there. Uh, all kidding aside, uh, BMAC, what's – They already have. <laughs> what's, uh, what stood out to you here with some of the University of Hawaii-related headlines over the last few weeks? Yeah, well, shocking BMAC would go the basketball route. I was uh, very surprised by that. Also, no love to the Honda Center from BMAC. I, I got to find out what exactly is going on there. But uh, I got two things. I think one, obviously, it was a good uh, bowl win for the University of Hawaii. But Calvin Turner coming back to UH, I mean, that is huge. Uh, a whole nother year to watch what I think has maybe been, boy, I don't know. The, you know, I mean, this guy's invoked Chad Owens' name. This guy's invoked uh, uh, some of the other greats. Uh, Kayla Pilares, uh, Greg's house. I mean, this guy is, this guy is a true talent, a true joy to watch, and a guy that if you get fans 
back in whatever stands, wherever they play, whatever, uh, next year. Um, he's a guy everyone's going to want to see. So him coming back, I thought was a huge deal. Uh, my only other question is I saw today, they said that the, uh, volleyball championships were going to come to Hawaii for the next two years, but then in 2023, they're going to go back to UC Irvine. Why? Why would the volleyball championships not be held every year? I, I've made the point for the last, what was it, two years going back to the Big West Championships in 2019. That was one of the um, craziest, most exciting, entertaining events I've ever been to involving the University of Hawaii. It was that 2019 Big West uh, tournament. Um, the arena was, you know, every bit as loud as it was for that BYU game in 2000 or last year, I guess, right before the pandemic hit when it was number one versus number two. There's nowhere, just to say, there's nowhere in the country for men's volleyball that could put together the kind of environment that there would be here for the Big West tournament. So I'm glad it's here for two years. I don't know if they're going to get fans in there this year. Probably not. But why would you have it? If you're the Big West, why would you have that specific sports championships anywhere other than the Stan Sheriff Center? I'm with you. I'm with you, right? You guys have been there for some of these big crowds. I, I haven't had the chance to to be in arena for, for sort of this latest era of University of Hawaii men's volleyball, but I mean, that's, that's the, the tournament itself, even the games that the University of Hawaii wasn't participating in in 2019 drew pretty well. I mean, the, the fans here are, like Billy said, there's, there's nothing like it in the country. And I mean, those, those arena atmospheres are better than some of these college basketball tournaments, some of these, you know, conference tournaments at that level. I mean, it is just, it's on a different, it's on a different plane. Uh, and maybe you got to keep the rest of the conference membership like happy. You got to throw them a bone here or something like that. It's like here, Irvine, you get a you get to host the tournament every few years. But seriously, it's also it also made money right when they brought it down here right. a couple of well, years ago. And so correct, it makes yeah. all the sense. It makes all the sense in the world. The also the NCAA tournament should be here. The more importantly, the NCAA tournament should be here every year and not in that pyramid that sits like three thousand people or whatever it is in Long Beach. Yeah. And I just like to ask those UC Irvine guys who were on that 2019 team, would they have rather played it in front of, I don't know what their home thing was, but do you think it wasn't more fun playing in front of 10,000 crazy people on the road? I don't know. I bet I'd be a great question to ask them, but I would think that that environment and playing in that environment is something that they'll, even though they lost, I bet that's an experience that they'll never forget. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Um, On the University of Hawaii related note, and on our last episode, we, we talked about it in length about the Aloha Stadium situation, but uh, I'll, I'll say just quickly, but we all know this isn't going to go super quick. Uh, BMAC and Billy, just your best guess as to where the University of Hawaii is playing football here next year and over the next couple of seasons. I, I'm going to have to say War Memorial, man. I, I just think that's that's the logical alternative. I mean, they've played there before in, in 2001, and it, my understanding was it was reasonably well executed. I think I saw comments from... Uh, um, the mayor, uh, Victorino, that maybe they would try to get some things up to snuff if and when UH came back there as far as the facilities and press box amenities and all that stuff. You know, I, what is it, Jordan, like 15,000 capacity at yeah, War Memorial? If, if you're shoehorning everybody in there, I would say, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you can get 12,000, I think, comfortably in there. Right. So the other alternative, quote unquote, if you, you know, you want to call it that, it would be Ching, Ching Field at, at UH, which I believe I've read has 5,000 if they, you know, were to, to install temporary metal bleachers all the way around and they have a press box there. You know, it's part of the the renovations they did. I guess it's been about 10 years almost that that, that thing uh, was quote unquote finished, but they never actually, 
hooked up the press box with water and electricity is my understanding. So they would have some serious work to do to, <laughs> to, to make, make that a viable place. And I don't believe there's an operational scoreboard as well. So I think War Memorial has some definite advantages. The one drawback being you would have to fly UH over there in addition to the visiting team. But I still think that's the best call. We'll see if the super ferry is still uh, available someplace. Maybe we can uh, uh, sail it in for, for university of Hawaii football games. We'll make it a traveling party and put, uh, put Oahu guys with their cars. We'll just drive on and we'll bring the whole team over and play some football here. Yeah. I, I, your guess is as good as mine at this point, Billy. Uh, what, what do you think? Well, look, if we're getting on a plane and I, I love you guys on Maui, I love Maui. It's my favorite neighbor on the visit, but if we're getting on a plane, <laughs> Let's do this in Las Vegas. Let's just embrace the Ninth <laughs> Island thing. Let's just sell it like crazy. Let's get Boyd involved with all these packages. And let's just get everyone, hopefully, hopefully, by the time the college football season rolls around at the end of August, we're all in a position that we can safely uh, fly. Let's just do it. Let's do it all in Vegas. I know it's tough for the football team. They'd, they'd be on the plane every game on the mainland. Um but at the same time, wouldn't it be fun to have all these different chances to go to Vegas? I mean, I could even see myself going a couple of times. Yeah, um, at least. Let's let's embrace the Ninth Island thing. Let's go full out on it. Let's take over the city of sin and, and let's play all the home games up there. I, I actually think the, the Vegas thing isn't a terrible idea. Maybe, I don't know if I'm on board with the entire season, but I do think one or two games a year while this whole thing is going on. And honestly, maybe every year, going forward why not schedule a neutral site game there one or two a year go get UW go get USC go get Oregon go get somebody to come down play a money game but put it in Vegas that beautiful new you know starship that they got out there make some money off of it you know you'll get a lot of Hawaii fans so some combination of games there maybe here on Maui at War Memorial Stadium maybe some games at Ching Field you know you got to figure out a way I think splitting it up probably makes the most sense uh, to try and actually do it. But, uh, you know, if they're playing six games in Vegas a year, like, yeah, Billy, just let me know. I'll, I'll book my arrangements. And who knows, and, maybe they can actually get some concession money off those games in Vegas. That'd be yeah, kind of nice, thing, you know. Yeah, that'd be, uh, be kind of nice. How many, I wonder how many, I wonder how many residents right now, like if you just said, all right, I'm going to, we're going to play all the home games in Vegas, season tickets. How many people living in the Vegas area do you think would buy season tickets to UH football? Just curious. A few thousand? Couple thousand? I, I would thousand? guess I would guess three thousand at least. Yeah. Right. We we've been to games at Sam Boyd Stadium when they play UNLV, and it's basically all Hawaii fans there. Yeah. And they, they 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 it's every year that they go up there. The the, yeah. the stands are like that. So yeah, I mean I I would think it wouldn't be a hard sell. No, no. You know who would like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be Ferd Lewis, our columnist at the Star Advertiser. I he'd probably like that a little bit. There we go. We'll get Ferd to start writing columns yeah. to, uh, you know, maybe subtly suggest that uh, at least a couple of games may be the way to go there. Uh, and I will say, hey, that the one thing more predictable than me talking about basketball in our last segment was Billy stumping for Las Vegas in this <laughs> segment right here. Yeah, you guys, are, you guys are pretty predictable, but that's why we love you guys. All right, we're, we're moving on to another big draw in the Sin City at least in the past, our guy Max Holloway, White and I Zone, getting some network spotlight for Blessed. Next week, Saturday, 
which will be the 19th, January 19th, UFC Fight Night. The main card will be on ABC. That's right, ABC Television. Not on ESPN, not on ESPN+. Plus. It will be streamed on ESPN+, Plus as well. But it'll be on ABC. Max Holloway and Calvin Cater will headline the card from Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. The main card begins at 10 a.m. Hawaii time, so Max will go on sometime around noon uh, with the prelims at 7 a.m. Uh, exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. It's the first time since December 2018, so over two years, that the UFC will have an event on network television. That was when they had the old Fox contract. Uh, we'll start with you, Billy. You're, you've been covering combat sports for a while here. Uh, how big is this? Abu Dhabi has not necessarily been kind to Hawaii fighters no, over the no, years, no, especially no. Fight Island, uh, where Max last fought and last lost to Alexander Volkanovsky in that championship rematch. Uh, but it's on network TV. This is to, to choose Max to be the guy to to be on the first network TV car. That's got to say a little something. Yeah. I mean, first of all, he deserves it. I mean, he, he's he's been just a, a big-time star for the UFC. He's been a great ambassador's champion. I mean, nothing but good things to say about him. Um, I'm not going to sit here and do this is the biggest fight in Max Holloway's career thing like you like to do every single time someone's fighting. But I am going to say maybe not as important as winning the title, but – more important, I think, than losing the title is this fight because I really think that this is that crossroads fight that you see world champions get to where you climb and climb and climb. You get better and better and you get to the top of the mountain and you're the champion. And some guys stay there one fight, six months. Some guys stay there five, six years and, you know, become legends. And Max Holloway's had just a tremendous run as featherweight champion. Some people think he still should be the featherweight champion. I certainly can make the case that I think he uh, won the last fight against Alexander Volkanovsky. But here's where we're going to kind of find out where we're going here because Calvin Qatar is an up-and-coming guy. And, and even though he's 32 years old, um, you know, he's still kind of an up-and-coming guy because he's been on this run. And he looked tremendous in the, his last fight against Dan Ige. And he's legit. I actually I see him as a legit stand-up striking fighter. And this is going to be exciting because we're going to get to see Max Holloway kind of do that. Um, I know kind of against uh, Volkanovski, it was kind of a striking fight as well. I think this is going to be a little different. I think Calvin Guitar is maybe a little bit more scary, if, if I do say so myself standing. Um, so this is a huge fight for him because if you lose this fight, well, now suddenly you go from being right there in title contention to suddenly outside of the maybe top three or four, and and who knows where you go after that. But if you win this fight, you're right back in it. I think if, if, if Max looks good in this fight and wins, I don't think there's any question that he's right back in there in the hunt for that 145-pound title if he wants it. Don't know if he wants to go up to 155, but look, we've seen some fighters. You know, BJ Penn's the guy that comes to mind that he, he, he dominated the lightweight rankings, and once he lost to Frankie Edgar that first time, he was never the same. Um, I think Max Holloway obviously looked plenty fine in the second, the rematch against Volkanovski, even though he didn't win that fight. But, you know, we'll see. This is, this is going to be that kind of fight to really tell, all right, Where's Max Galloway going from here? Is he still going to be a name? Is he still going to be the man? Is he still going to be at the top? Or is this kind of the beginning of the, the, the roll back downhill? And so um, for those reasons, I think this is about, you know, up there is one of the maybe three, two or three most important fights he's ever had. Yeah, sometimes that hill can be pretty steep and you really can't stop from from rolling back down and, and ever getting back up or at least getting close to back to the peak. Uh, as a Kailua High School graduate, BMAC, do you have anything else uh, you wanted to add here to the uh, mixed martial arts portion of uh, of this year podcast? But at the very least, I mean, even if you look at it from a sports business angle, right, the fact that Max, one of their most marketable guys, is is the guy that they have selected to, to headline their first ever network card with the ABC, Disney, ESPN family of networks. Can't overlook that. 
You know what else I can't overlook? I saw a Rob DeMello, Max Holloway, social media video interview post scrolling through my timeline. And I'm like, all right, it's like any other week. But no, it wasn't. Like it was not an actual, like there's a meaningful fight happening with Max Holloway. Like, so I was actually like, this is awesome. No, but uh, it sounds like a big one. You guys know I'm not the biggest MMA follower at all, but I may just tune in for this one. All I got to say is shock us to that, BMAC. Uh, and <laughs> we will be tuning in next week, Saturday, again, uh, 10 a.m., just about Hawaii time that main card will start on ABC. That's why you don't even have to pay for it. It's much cheaper than watching UH football. Yeah, no wonder uh, BMAC wants to tune in all of a sudden. It's free. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. To the masses. Max is a man of the people. Oh, we know that. Exactly. There. All right, uh, we'll just go some rapid fire here to close out our game time portion of this podcast. Billy, it is wild card weekend in the NFL. Your Seahawks are hosting the LA Rams. It's like one of three divisional rematches in the wild card round. We get the expanded wild card, um, but just simply uh, the Seahawks advancing here. Oh, yeah, no, put it in the bank. No, no doubt, I think, huh? uh, um, you know, I. Hey, call me crazy. I think they've become a sleeper. I don't think – do you hear anyone talking about them? I don't hear anyone talking about this them. I do know this. This is true. Their defense has been really good. Um, they got Shaquille Griffin back. They got Jamal Adams, who dinged his shoulder, unfortunately, at the end of the last game. But he's been huge for them. I think he set the NFL record for sacks by a defensive back. Um, that defense has been good. And if, you know, you, I don't see the Rams scoring more than 20 points. And if you're telling me that Russell Wilson can't get you 20 points, I don't care what defense it is. You know, the offensive line, he's got his full offensive line, I believe, healthy for this game for the first time in a while. I think I think they're, you know, I, I love the fact that no one's talking about him. I think they're ready to go, and I'm excited. Yeah, you know who nobody's talking about, BMAC? The Bears, my Chicago Bears. The old backdoor Bears who find themselves in the playoffs at 8-8. Eight and eight. Thank goodness for that expanded field. Uh, yeah, I like the Bears. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say this right now. The Chicago Bears are my upset pick this weekend. Whoa, if, if whoa, whoa. Are you, wait, are you saying to win the game outright? I mean, they're like 10-point dogs. So are I'm we talking like an outright winner? Of the of the, of the of the games that are a little bit expected to be kind of blowouts one way or the other, right? Tampa Bay, I believe, is a favorite. Um, who mm-hmm. am I missing? New Orleans. New Orleans uh, is about a 10-point favorite. Uh, yeah, the Bills yeah, yeah. are like a touchdown favorite against the yeah. I, Colts. You know, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I am got to be honest. I was kind of surprised when they benched Trubisky in like week three or week four or whatever it was. I think, weren't they three and one or something? It was like the third quarter of whatever He was game. six and three as the starter. Yeah. Look, I don't think he was necessarily as bad as everyone said he was this year. And I'm, I'm a little bit of a Trubisky believer. So, um, oh, boy. I'm, I'm, I know, I'm, I know, I'm sure they're going to lose by 30 now, but I'm telling you, I watch out for the Bears this weekend. Okay. I'm not saying it because I'm on your podcast. I, I kind of, right. I got a feeling. I got a little feeling. All right, that, Billy's officially my favorite here. Uh, so that's that's nice. Um, that we'll, we'll see how this weekend plays out. You got the national championship game on Monday as well. We'll talk a lot about that on the next podcast as we evaluate the winner of that one, Alabama and Ohio State. BMAC, we'll turn it over to you. The NBA. It's been a little quirky here the first couple of weeks. Uh, the Sixers are seven and two in the East. The Suns are six and two in the West. So we're getting like a Charles Barkley showdown, right? It's going to be Philadelphia Phoenix in the NBA Finals. Hey, well, first, Jordan, before I answer that, I'm going back to NFL real quick because I actually have Go a team it. now. I am. Oh, a- whoa, 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 whoa! Who'd you whoa, adopt? Breaking, Who'd you adopt? Breaking news uh, theme song. This is huge. I know. I've been a, a lifetime free agent for uh, 37 years until latching on last offseason with Buffalo. Oh, okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Be back. Just last season, right? Just, just yeah. last season. And right. what a time to I jump did, in. 
I did not expect them to do as well as they were doing this season. I knew Josh Allen was awesome, but 13 and three, it was like, you know, I actually hope they would do a little worse just so it would look, what, look, excuse me, wouldn't look like I was such a huge bandwagon fan. Uh, but now it obviously looks that way. And um, hey, maybe it could be, we'll see if the BMAC curse is alive and real, if they go one and done, or if they actually get their first playoff win in like 20 years. So. Wait, hey, BMAC, BMAC, I got a little sum for you. I'm going to really embarrass myself on here in a week, but I'm going to just whisper it to you. The Bills are going to the Super Bowl. Book it, baby. The Bills are going Whoa. to the Super Bowl. Right. That is the hot takes. I like this. The Bears are going to win this weekend. The Bills are yeah. somehow going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I assume that's your pick, Billy, in the AFC Championship game. They're good. They're good, though. I, I will say I, yeah. I really like them. I think that their lack of ability to have a steady running game Maybe their downfall, but I don't know who's really going to exploit that here in the postseason. Um, that Stefan Diggs is terrific. Helped me win my fantasy championship. So shout out to Stefan. Um, Josh Allen. Josh, Josh Allen's fire, the real man. deal. Josh Allen's the real fire. deal. Josh Allen points. is a guy who I think deserves all the credit in the world. The the improvement, the work that he put in to improve his accuracy and what he has taken his game to is just tremendous. And uh, shout out to the Mountain West. Go Cowboys, Wyoming. Huh? Uh, good stuff there. All right, BMAC, uh, before we close out the game time portion, did you have any thoughts on the NBA before we uh, sort of put a bow on this? No, I've just been enjoying watching it on like almost a day-to-day basis on NBA TV or whatever random games going on. It, it's great to have it NBA ball back, man. And uh, the Spurs aren't the, are the best anymore. They're not up to the level that, you know, they were for a good 20-year run, but it's still fun. It's a young core. It's an entertaining core, a bunch of wing guys, like 6'5". You can share the ball. Uh, slash the rim and um i just enjoy like seeing their fiesta colors the miami heats like alternate colors you see their court the other day that was outstanding like cotton candy court yeah that was unreal this like psychedelic but uh no it's gonna be a fun year i mean i'm looking forward to the clippers maybe giving the lakers an actual like run in the playoffs i i think that will happen this year um yeah all right it should be fine i know billy's got some nba thoughts but we'll hold that for our best and worst segment. I think he's got a little something in store for us. So that'll conclude our game time. We move over to our Domino's Hawaii main topping. It is the executive director of the Hawaii High Schools Athletic Association, Chris Chung. All right, Chris. So the HHSA canceling uh, March state tournaments this past Friday on January 2nd, it was an announcement. I think a lot of us could sort of see coming just the way things are going currently with the current climate and, and the situation with, the rise in cases, uh, all winter sports included sort of in that state championship season, some of the fall sports, cheerleading, cross-country bowling, air riflery as well. Um, I mean, just kind of simply, what what led to that decision uh, for you and the HHSA? Well, the decision was kind of basically made for us. Right now, the DOE schools, um, they're not even allowed to travel anyway. Um, with all the regulations going on um, with the counties and the state inner island travel, if they are allowed to travel as a school, would, would be very difficult too because they would all have to be tested beforehand and tested beforehand when they go home. Um, so that that kind of stuff brings in a lot a lot of the issues. And then finally, once we're here, finding a place to play on Oahu. And, um, because as you know, a lot, all the DOE facilities are closed, the county facilities are closed, the state facilities are closed. So um, just getting past all those, all those hurdles would be difficult for us to, to, to do in March. Um, rather than that, we, we thought that if the leagues were able to do something, 
or if schools were able to do something to give them the extra time um, from now, January and February to, to do what they can. And they wouldn't have to deal with those travel issues and they wouldn't have to deal with um, playing people from different islands and hopefully that they could get something going on their own. Yeah, I think I think it made a lot of sense as, as you pointed out in the press release or at least the HHSAA did you know, allowing the leagues to, to sort of maybe try to make something work and, and giving them as long a window as possible to to allow for teams to play without having to worry about holding league tournaments or, or worried about cutting seasons a week or two short to get to a state tournament. Uh, that, that seemed to be a, a pretty prudent decision. Of course, you know, since that news came out about the HHSA decision, some of the leagues have already canceled some of those winter sports, the OIA, uh, all fall and winter sports, the ILH, some of the winter sports, the BWF following suit. Uh, the MILs meeting, I believe, right as currently as we record this about midday on Wednesday. Uh, I think for, for a lot of folks out there, they're, they're not exactly sure how sort of the, the structure works, the relationship between you at the HHSA and the five leagues throughout the islands. Uh, well, what role does the HHSA, HHSA, excuse me, sort of have in setting these schedules, deciding on a return to play uh, and all of that good stuff? So, so we work with the, the leagues and we come up with a calendar that's amenable to everybody. Um, we vote on that in the summer. Um, we, it's normally 14 weeks, but with this pandemic, we kind of condensed it to 11 weeks to try to get in, um, to try and delay it as much as possible and then to still get in full seasons as much as possible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we, what we're, we're, we're in charge of doing is sanctioning preseason, make sure everyone follows the same rules um, when they play each other between leagues and then getting to that state tournament. And as you know, the state tournament takes over a week. So that's, I mean, that takes one-tenth of the season, the new season already. So it would shorten it drastically. And with schools not even be able to get in to start working out yet, there, there really wouldn't be much time. So um I, we wanted to give them that opportunity to do what they can to work with the, their own kids. And I, th I think what's what's missing is just because the OIA canceled their season, um, it doesn't mean that the OIA gave up the hope of, of holding conditioning, holding practices, and maybe inter-squad sc scrimmages on their school. Um, I think that wasn't said, but I, I do feel that the OIA and the principals and the athletic directors and their, their coaches are looking for ways to work with the kids even during that season. And although that they might not be able to give them a, a full league season and a full championship, that they're, they're still going to give them that same experiences or, or learning or, or teamwork and um, improvement on their skill level or training that, that they need. It's just they got to be able to get back on, on campus to do so. Yeah, I think a couple of important points that I wanted to follow up on there. It just basically for for you at the HHSA, um, you don't have a lot of oversight over league competition, interleague competition. Um, when it comes to, uh, excuse me, interleague, I should say, interleague is sort of where you get involved, right? Be between leagues, preseason and and state tournaments. But other than that, it, the, the leagues are kind of up to decide on their own. Is that correct? Yeah, so basically the leagues are autonomous to run on their own. Um, so they can make exceptions to, to our eligibility rules, but once they get to the state tournament and they play in different league, then they have to follow our rules to, to, to participate in the state tournament. So we make sure everyone's on the same footing once we get to the state tournament. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and something that you had mentioned as well, um, you know, just because 
sort of interscholastic competition maybe has been tabled uh, for the time being for some of these fall and winter sports that doesn't necessarily preclude, you know, individual schools or, or teams from, from potentially being able to, to conduct workouts or some sort of activities, maybe not competition in games, but there, there is a, at least maybe some hope that, that they could get to conditioning and things of that nature at some point this year. Yeah. I, I, I mean, especially for the fall and winter sports um, I I'm hopeful that they'll be able to get in practice um, get on campus later on this month and then start doing some things and working with a school. I know some schools, some public schools has had tried to do some stuff like that, but then they were shut down. Um, so um, I'm hopeful that they can do some kind of workout so the kids can be with their friends on campus um, and they can, whether it's intra-squad scrimmage or, or not, but they won't have a full season of, of lost skill. Yeah, and, and basically that's contingent on a return to in-person learning of some sort, getting kids back on campus before we can even really discuss some of those extracurricular activities. Yeah, I think the principals kind of decided to make that one of the hallmarks that they have to get kids back on campus before they allow extracurricular activities back on campus. And it makes sense. Um, you know, it, you guys are in such a tough position having to coordinate, communicate with the different leagues, the different governmental jurisdictions, the state, the Department of Health, the governor's office, uh, the different mayors across the different counties. You got new mayors in Honolulu and the Big Island. Uh, how much has that been a help? How much has that been kind of a logistical struggle just trying to to see how everything's fitting together? Um, yeah, it's been a struggle. So, I mean, even though that there's exemptions to the rule and stuff, just trying to figure out what exactly that, that that entails is, is difficult. And when we do contact them, um, I mean, not surprisingly, and I give them a lot of credit because um, they sometimes they don't know what, what they mean. And it's, it's because every scenario hasn't come up before and this pandemic has never come up before. So when they write a rule for it, it, it might have an exemption. Um, it might have a, a scenario that they haven't thought of and it hasn't come up and they're going to have to figure it out. I mean, look at our eligibility rule. It's so many decades old, but every year we always get a, a exception that people come up with and they think of hey, this scenario applies to us and it's never applied before. So, I mean, it's impossible to write a rule and think that you have every basis covered for it and you, and you figured everything out. Um, especially when you're writing a new thing and you're, you're dealing with different counties and states. And yeah, so it, it's frustrating, but it's understandable to me. Well, was there a point, uh, you know, within the last month or so, as, as we kind of closed out 2020, that, that it looked like maybe we were, we were heading in the right direction? Was there a point or do you kind of not look too far ahead and kind of take this thing, you know, week by week as we go? I go up and down. It's it's really hard for me because I mean, as you know, I deal with all the different states and um, being one of, I think we're now, they're down to seven states only that haven't played a contest. And I mean, how we're doing compared to all the other states is crazy. I mean, um, now we're only lumped in with the states that have like 40,000 new cases a day. I mean, those are the states not, that aren't playing. There's states with like 30,000 cases a day and they're playing. and. And although they're much larger than us, um, I mean, we're in the hundreds or under a hundred and uh, it's, it's just frustrating. But I mean, I understand because I mean, we don't want to get to the point where other states are to the point. So it's hard, but I mean, 
especially this year, my son's a senior. Um, so I know all his friends. So yeah, it's, it's difficult because it's impacting kids that, that have grown up around our family. Yeah, I think that that makes it so much more difficult, right? Uh, you know, you're not just an administrator. You've, you've coached, you have a son, your, your son, Kaipo. Uh, you know, what, what's, the, what's the message been to him, to other student athletes, uh, just as, as we've sort of tried to endure this and find a way? I, I just try to be sympathetic and understand, but I, I can't understand what they're going through because, I mean, if you look back to your senior year in high school and all the memories you had and um, just being in school with your friends and, and proms, um, just functions, everything, and the relationships we had, I'm still best friends with so many of my friends from high school. And um, my coaches, they're still a big part of my life. They help us out with the High School Athletic Association. Um, so yeah, if I didn't have those relationships, I can't imagine where I am. So I, I, it's more kind of like empathy to what everyone's going through. And um, that's why it's hard for me to get upset at anyone because I know everyone's trying and I know everyone understands. And I guess it's frustrating because some parents don't realize what we've done as administrators to try and get us to the point of, of getting back there. And, and it hurts deeply because I'm a parent too. So I, I can't get mad at them because I understand what they're going through. But at the same time, I mean, I'm only human too. So it takes a toll. Yeah, I I, I 100% echo that. And, and I, I can't imagine, you know, for these kids and, and especially some of the kids, you know, here in the spring sports season um, that, that are looking at maybe having two of their years wiped out. And I, I think you can hear the the, the emotion in, in your voice. And I, and I think for those out there, it, it's just emphasizes how difficult this is for the folks uh, in these positions to make these decisions. Uh, is, is there a priority, you think? Yeah, have you heard that from the leagues in terms of really prioritizing the spring sports, um, knowing that you know these kids already in 2020, spring 2020, had their season wiped out uh, and, and trying at all costs to avoid having to, to wipe out two of their seasons? Um, yeah, so from the beginning, that was the, that was the priority and the focus um, from way back last March um, when, we, when we were meeting, it was to make sure we protect the spring somehow. Um, and it's set up well because, I mean, the spring is the one with the low and moderate risk sports. Um, and it, it's just, I've, I've spoken to every league and I know every league's priority is to, no matter what happens to the fall and winter, is to protect the spring. So we're all, we're all still in line with it, but it's, it's just, I, I don't know what will happen unless the superintendent changes her mind, um, the governor and mayors um, get on the same page. It, it's it's just, it's scary right now. Yeah, and there, there, there's just so many moving parts. Uh, you, you mentioned, you know, being connected and, and having communication with your counterparts in different states across the country. And we've seen different states attempt to play, play to varying degrees of success. So what, have you taken anything from from folks in similar positions and, and sort of guidance that you've gotten as to, to how things have gone as, as they've attempted to, to return to play? Yeah. So we have a lot of, I have a lot of great ideas from them and stuff like that, but the, also the thing I know that um, the, no matter what kind of idea you have um, and no matter what you feel, you don't know what the other people are going through because even a lot of people in States that have played and have been lucky to go through all the way to the end, um, they were saying at one point they wish they could have stopped their state tournament. Um, 
at some points during the season because they thought it was so bad, but their governors wouldn't let them. I mean, they were forced to keep playing. And then I think in Michigan, um, they were told not, they couldn't play. Then they were told they had to play. Um, and I think their season stopped and started five times um, just based on what their governor said. And even though they've stopped and started five times and we're in January and they started way back in, I think it was October, um, their football players are restarting again after a long break because they want, they, the governor said that they had to get it in. So it, it's, been, it's been crazy back and forth, going back and forth on, on everything and, and listening to the stories going on in the mainland. And, and some, people are, some people are saying like, you're so lucky you haven't played and other people are saying like, oh, I can't believe you guys haven't played. So it's just, I mean, it's kind of like what's going on in our country as a whole everywhere and it, it, it plays out even on sports too. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different opinions. Um, is there a, a cutoff date as to when you have to decide on the May state tournaments by? Um, is, is there sort of a drop dead date when, when that comes to pass? Uh, I'd like to have a decision by February. So, I mean, I, just so we can know if kids got a condition and it's going to be the same thing too. Like if, if we haven't started by, by mid February or some, some date like that, um, and travel looks like schools won't be able to travel. I have to give the leagues. I mean, I, I, even as much as I want to see my son play in a state tournament, I'd have to give the leagues the best opportunity they can to have a season. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting next month or so, uh, even here on Maui. You know, a lot of the schools aren't going back till February 1st. So a lot of wait and see. Uh, Chris, we we really appreciate you, one, coming on and, and taking a little time. I know you've been a busy guy, especially this week with a lot of media requests. But also thank you for for all of your hard work. I, I know this isn't easy for you. Uh, I, I know this is tough for you and your staff. Uh, just being around and, and covering the sports and whatnot. We know the work you guys put in. So, Chris, uh, all the best, man. Stay healthy out there. Send our best to the family as well. And, uh, again, mahalo. Thanks, Johnny. Time now for our best and worst, brought to you by Waste Pro Hawaii, Maui's premier full-service refuse company, offering various sizes of dumpsters and roll-off containers for commercial, construction, and residential use. Family-owned and operated with over 40 years of service to the Maui community. Waste Pro Hawaii is committed to customer service and responsible waste management. Visit wasteprohawaii.com for services and information. All right, I'll start this one off, guys. Uh, we'll go me, then we'll go BMAC, and then uh, Billy will uh, bring us home. We'll start with the best. Uh, my best new jazz owner, Ryan Smith, who recently bought the team just this past offseason, was recently, recently on the Woj Paws, Adrian Wozniarski's pod for the ESPN podcast network. Uh, and he basically said, one of the things that the jazz are going to do this year is they're going to offer a four year scholarship for every single win. Every single jazz win will result in a four year scholarship to an underrepresented or minority individual who can now go to college. Uh, I assume in the Salt Lake, Utah area. Um, but he didn't, I don't know if he really specified. I didn't listen. I just listened to a bit of a clip, but I mean, how awesome is that? He's going to be funding scholarships. I mean, this is a team that has been in the playoffs the last number of years. And I know we're in a truncated season, but in like an 82 game season, they're winning close to 50 games a year. I mean, he might be giving out 50 scholarships or something, maybe a little less, maybe about 40 this year. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome for this guy who's coming in. Obviously he's got all kinds of money in the world, but pretty cool stuff. BMAC, what's your best? Jordan, my best. And I'm maybe stretching this 
time period wise a little farther than I should, but I'm going back to Christmas day and it was the first full Christmas I got to spend at home with my family oh, yeah. in 12 freaking years. No diamond head this year. No diamond head classic. I basically lived at the Stan Sheriff center since that tournament started in 2009. And even the last couple of years when I wasn't the basketball beat writer, I was still there for Hawaii warrior world you know, covering UH and doing sidebar stories and, and maybe like writing about the championship game of which UH has yet to reach. Maybe next year will be the year. It was going to be a really strong field this year that got canceled, unfortunately, a lot with, along with a lot of other games. But just being at home with family, man, that I, I just realized what I was missing this entire time, like not having to rush back for dinner or just missing it entirely, depending on what time period, time slot UH was playing in. So, um, underrated experience that was for sure man no that is a very very worthy best uh that is awesome and pretty cool yeah spending a little more time at home isn't a bad thing B- billy what's your best for this episode yeah my best and this is not if, if you follow me on social media this isn't going to surprise anyone but my best goes out to dan levitard who signed off on es from espn this week after an incredible run with them now, rumor on the street is he his uh, TV show, Highly Questionable, um, you know, sitting in the kitchen uh, talking sports with his dad. I heard he, rumor is he stole that idea from a certain podcast host that's not here this week. Um, but no, just um, a, a guy that has actually changed the way that I look at sports. He, 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 he um, not to take it so seriously, to be able to laugh about it more, his self, self-deprecating humor. The things they do, I just think um, what he's built and the the following he has and wherever he ends up going, it's it's hugely entertaining what he does. He's, he puts out three or four hours of content every day. He's now unhinged. He's not tied to that Disney label. So if you're <laughs> looking for some good takes on certain news events that have happened in the last 48 hours, um, his show today was great. But uh, just a guy that I've always admired and I just think has, has done a tremendous thing building what he's built. Um, him signing off at ESPN, just kind of a little tip of my cat to – to Levitard. Yeah, he, he's one of my favorites as well. Uh, the balance, the silly, fun nature of that show with a lot of really smart intellectual conversations. Additionally, is I think nobody does it quite like Dan Levitard and his cast of characters there, uh, whether it's in the shipping container or on Highly Questionable or any other medium he has been on the last, you know, what decade or so with ESPN. Yeah. All right, well, uh, transition to the worst. Uh, I guess we could have almost made that a worst, too, right? Now that he's sort of off the ESPN airwaves, but uh, he won't be far uh, and definitely very, very accessible. My worst, uh, Texas's firing of Tom Herman, their football coach. Not necessarily that they got rid of Tom Herman. I wasn't quite sold on him being the guy to bring Texas back. Uh, But the fact that they did it after the early signing day, so a number of kids signed with Texas, binding national letters of intent, and after a bowl win. So they clearly had their mind made up, minds made up. They smoked Colorado in the bowl game. So it's not like the bowl game was some final straw. They clearly knew what they were doing. Um, and we like to get on kids with the whole transfer culture of college athletics and how guys are moving around like free agents. But the adults are always worse when we break down these conversations. The fact that they, they fired him after kids signed just really grinded my gears the wrong way. So that's my worst is uh, Texas and Del Conte or whatever that AD's name is. I'm, I'm not on board with that. And, and maybe those kids can get out of the letters of intent. Um, there's usually ways around that. And, and you hope that if kids want to move on to some other school that they are allowed to. But yeah, I just, I don't love that the way that they went about and, and did the thing. And the fact that they hired Sark, they hired Sark, Billy. How's that going to work out? 
Yeah, I've got some thoughts about that. Just remember, this guy coached seven years at UW and never finished better than five and four in the Pac-10 or the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what Texas eight and three this year? I think I think Herman never lost a bowl game, and you're like, no, not good enough. I'm gonna hire seven win Steve. Good luck with that Longhorns. Yeah, I, I exactly. I almost kind of want to root against them now, but we'll see. We'll see. BMAC, what's your worst? Well, I'm gonna stick with the college football theme and say as enticing as this Alabama Ohio state national championship game on Monday will be. I'm just, my worst is them clinging to the four team format for college football playoffs. I think they need to go, go to eight like immediately. And I think this year was honestly the perfect representation of why, I mean, you had Cincinnati there that just won every game they played until bowl season anyway. And, you know, still couldn't knock on the door and get in. And other teams like Coastal Carolina, Liberty, you know, say what you will about their their mid-major resumes. But it would have been a far more compelling season to me if those teams had a realistic shot as like a token eight seed, at least, probably to get slaughtered by Alabama in the first round to at least get to the table and show their medal. And I think it's about time that they – They've been talking about it ever since it was announced as a 14 playoff. Okay. It seemed inevitable. They were going to eight. I think now is the freaking time. I'm with you all on board. Uh, it's, this has been a conversation we've had many a times and just always one of those that frustrates you a little bit, but uh, Billy, we give you the floor to bring us home on the final worst of this year opening episode. Well, I liked BMAX one, and I actually thought he was going to go with the fact that Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback, just gets destroyed in the game, in the semifinal game, comes out of the game. He says he can't feel that, like half of his body, and then the, the doctors don't even tell him what the injury is or what's wrong with him, and they just send him back in the game. You know, guys making no money, guys going to, you know, and they're just throwing him back in there without telling him what's up. The guy's literally saying he can't feel his body, and they're like, no, that's fine, go back in. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, college football, baby. But um, no, I'm going to end this with my good buddy, um, the Brooklyn Nets. But it's not Kevin Durant. It's Kyrie Irving, who decided today that he's not going to play tonight. And I guess the reports were right before we started this podcast. This is a Thursday, obviously. Um, he just said, you know, I don't feel like playing tonight. So I just want to let that be a reminder. If you're a Kyrie Irving fan and you wake up tomorrow and you got to go to work and you don't really feel like doing anything. Just tell your boss you don't feel like doing it. See how that goes. Um, totally unprofessional. Totally ridiculous. Now he's just making a mockery. This whole thing. These guys, you know, if they don't want, if they don't want to play a game, fine. You know what they shouldn't get? They shouldn't get their paycheck. You know, you don't want to play, then we don't pay you. But um, just this cavalier attitude, the, the whole thing. I mean, it's been going on through the preseason. It's been going on forever. Kyrie Irving, get out of here, man. I'm tired of you. I'm done with you. I love it. I love it. Yeah. If you're just going to sit out, yeah. if you're just going to sit out, like you, you should give back your game check, right? That's only fair. That's only fair. And I, I know a lot of people like to compare athletes and professional sports to like everyday work jobs. And sometimes it's a little out of touch, but I think in this situation, like if you just tell your boss, like, yeah, I'm not going to play today. Not going to go to work today. Like they're okay. Then you don't get paid. That's how this works. That's how this works. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Kyrie Irving, he he thinks he's smarter than all of us. And you know what? Maybe he is. Maybe he is because he can just take days off of work and still get paid for him. So maybe he's the genius in all of this. 
Joke on us, isn't it? Jokes. The joke is on us. All right, guys, that about does it for us. That is your best and worst brought to you by Waste Pro Hawaii, Maui owned, Maui operated for Maui's people. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Jordan Helly. You can hit up the show at TalkSports808. You can bother Kanoa at Kanoa Leahy, BMAX at Brian underscore McKinnis, and at your own risk, you can follow at Billy Hall if you would like. Guys, always appreciate it. Miss you dudes, and uh, thanks for filling in once again. We'll uh, we'll have to catch up soon. We could have done like five hours, but, you know, yeah, time limits. That was a good fun. I don't, know if it, I don't know if it's too late, but Happy New Year, Jordan. Happy New Year, guys. BMAX, get a man. Hey, and in the spirit of Kyrie, happy new year on this flat earth.